When you have the right recon process in place, it's easy to stay ahead of the game. Put your recon on cruise control today with iRecon, the solution built directly in Viato that obliterates recon inefficiencies and accelerates your used car sales. Visit viato.com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, December 9th, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Jake Neer, in for Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Kirsten Cinema leaves the Democratic Party. What will divided Congress mean for the auto industry? The UAW gets its first win in a U.S. EV battery plant, and GM strives for a resilient EV battery supply chain. Plus, a conversation about how dealerships can entice customers to return for service year after year. 86% of customers will pay more money for a better experience. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema has registered as an independent, roiling Democrats' plans just days after they had secured a 51-seat majority in the chamber, including the other two independents who caucus with the Democratic Party. Cinema has been a swing vote on key issues. She suggested that she'd maintain her centrist voting record. With Republicans gaining control of the House and Democrats holding a slim majority in the Senate, the shifted balance of power come January likely will mean no major overhauls of existing policy affecting the auto industry, but it could change command of deciding votes. In a Georgia runoff election Tuesday, Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock narrowly defeated Republican challenger Herschel Walker. An elevated influence in the next Congress could bolster Warnock's attempt to help automakers in his state by delaying certain sourcing and manufacturing requirements in the Inflation Reduction Act's tax credit for consumers buying new EVs. Cinema becomes the third independent in the Senate, joining Angus King of Maine and Bernie Sanders of Vermont. Workers at a Lordstown, Ohio EV battery factory owned by GM and LG Energy Solution have voted to join the UAW. The union's election victory is its first win in a factory of that kind. The union says workers at Ultium Cells LLC voted in favor of union representation, with 710 employees for and 16 opposed. The plant will make battery cells for electric vehicles such as the Hummer electric pickup and Cadillac Lyric SUV. The UAW's success in Lordstown gives the union an important entry into the electric car business. The union plans to organize workers in future plants that are being planned or built across the U.S. to support automakers making the switch to zero-emission vehicles. Just yesterday, when asked generally about efforts to organize GM's joint venture battery plants, CEO Mary Barra said the automaker is very supportive. We're a company that um, has worked with unions around the world for many years, so you know we're welcoming of the union at the, at the battery plant. Barra was speaking with Jamie at her annual year-end fireside chat with the Automotive Press Association in Detroit. Later in my conversation with Mary Barra, she told me GM is working to build a resilient battery supply chain as it moves into the next phase of EV development. She said the company is drawing on lessons learned during the ongoing semiconductor shortage. I think what we learned on chips informed our decisions on how we went and sourced to make sure we have all the raw materials needed to have uh, enough batteries to be able to hit a million uh, in 2025. Barra says GM wants battery suppliers, many of which are new to working with GM, to source from multiple locations as they begin to secure materials for EV production starting in 2026. She says adding redundancy in the supply chain would help to prevent 
production stoppages created by issues at any single supplier, such as when a COVID-19 outbreak took a Malaysian chip factory offline last year. It also will be crucial as vehicles require more chips to power the software and technology built into them. Make sure to listen to Daily Drive on Monday to hear part of my conversation with Mary Barra from the Automotive Press Association event. And wholesale used vehicle prices declined again in November, though only slightly. That's according to one major indicator. Cox Automotive's Mannheim Used Vehicle Value Index measures wholesale used vehicle prices compiled by tracking vehicles sold at Mannheim's U.S. auctions and applying statistical analysis to it. The index shows prices fell just 0.3% in November from October. That follows more substantial declines earlier in the autumn season. The index in November fell below 200 for the first time since August of 2021. It reached a peak of 236 in January 2022. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, that conversation that you had with Mary Barra yesterday was very interesting, especially early on when you asked her about the UAW, about unionization in these new battery factories. It's a big issue right now. You know, she says that she's very supportive, but it, from a dollars and cents perspective, couldn't you say this is sort of a, a, a defeat for GM as a company? That would almost certainly be the view from from Wall Street, because, of course, Unions organized for the main purpose of boosting the you know pay and benefits for their members, but Mary Barra said you know she really rejects the notion that having a unionized workforce is a disadvantage. They work together very well on quality and safety, which are important if less obvious you know cost factors. She also noted that you know when times get tough, that the union understands that the company has to make money too, and they are able to work together. One uh, personal note: she also pointed out, you know, of course, her her father worked in a factory and said her teeth are straight because her dad was a <laughs> UAW member. That's right, and it's definitely setting a tone in uh, as we head into this contract year as well. Coming up, we'll take a look at how dealerships can keep service advisors, technicians, and customers from leaving. That's next on Daily Drive. Warning, your reconditioning process needs attention. Unexpected shortages and delays can throw off even the most routine recon work, slowing your sales and eating into your bottom line. Identify and fix reconditioning inefficiencies to turn your inventory faster with iRecon. This reconditioning solution, built directly in V-Auto, keeps you in control of your service department and puts your recon on cruise control. With real-time alerts and reports, iRecon helps you get ahead of potential issues before they become costly problems. You'll be able to track who's doing the work and how long tasks are taking, see the status of any vehicle in an instant, and make adjustments where needed. And it's all done in an easy-to-use dashboard you can customize to fit your workflow. Obliterate inefficiencies and accelerate your used car sales only with iRecon. Run your personal recon diagnostics with us today and put your process on cruise control. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Daily. 
Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Jake Near. Dealerships are struggling with two types of retention, customer retention and staff retention. In 2021, 28% of technicians and 40% of service advisors left their brand. And historically, 70% of customers take their vehicles someplace other than the dealership for service once the three-year warranty expires. Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Shine spoke with Corey Smith, National Fixed Ops Training Manager at National Auto Care, about how dealerships can effectively fight these two battles simultaneously. Here's their conversation. Corey, thanks for joining us on the Fixed Ops Friday edition of Daily Drive. I am excited to be here, Dan. Thanks for allowing me to be a guest on your show. I appreciate you joining us. So uh, I know that you know, for as a, as a trainer, fixed ops trainer for National Auto Care, you're either on the road a lot visiting dealerships or you're doing some virtual training. What are some of the things that your hot button issues that you're seeing out there on the drive these days? I mean, we're seeing a lot of dealerships trying to retain the employee, the new employee that they've hired. Um, and keeping that customer to come back. So building that customer experience. Those are the two really big things. As you remember, when we went through COVID, a lot of the dealerships either laid off or furloughed some of those employees. So now they're getting people that don't have the experience in auto. So they ha- they're hiring green peas, if you will. And those new people really don't know how to treat the customer. And in the same span of, of COVID, the customer started changing. Their expectations started changing. So let's dive into that a little bit. You would think that, I mean, I guess if you're, again, you're hiring frontline staff, customer-facing folks, is that something where you're you're already in perfect world, you're looking for that they already have those skills, they already have those customer service skills. But if they don't, what's how difficult is it to kind of train them on the go? While they're busy working, you're trying to, go about and kind of teach them the right way to, to do things. How difficult is that? It's extremely difficult to do it on the go for a dealership that has been on autopilot for years. And when they either the older employees left and retired or they furloughed them, they didn't come back. Now you have a new staff, but you don't have an onboarding process or a written process at all to give that playbook to that new employee. So to teach them on the fly like that, they may have good customer service skills that they know of, but you've been in the service drive, you've been a customer, you're standing out by your vehicle knowing that they come and greet you, but no one's coming to greet you, right? Yeah. And that all has to do with going back to the basics of training. And some, I'm seeing some dealerships saying, okay, we don't have a written process. Can you help us with that? And I mean, I, I guess in an ideal world, you just you find people from the hospitality industry or, or some other kind of again, customer service industry that they may not know anything about cars, but they know, oh, someone's out there waiting. They need my help. I'm going out there to greet them and say, how are you doing? Let's get you, you know, going on your way. Those people are hard to find, obviously. They are hard to find. But I think if you're in the leadership team or a hiring manager, when you're out and about, whether you're at a restaurant or renting a car or staying a night in a hotel, look for those people that give good service because we, we all know that 86% of customers will pay more money for a better experience. Right. It's, I know there are, there are all sorts of examples of people who work in dealerships who carry business cards with them or some kind of recruiting card 
that they'll get, they have a good waitress or they have someone at the store who helps them, a cashier, they can hand them and say, here's, and here's our card. You know, we think it'd be great in automotive, you know, come consider, consider us. Uh, and it seems to be an effective recruiting tool. But with that recruiting tool, you have to have the training to back it up. You have to have a written process to give that person. Because if, if you hire somebody, Dan, and you just say, there's your phone, there's the computer, there's the drive, good luck. They're going to be like, after a week, I'm out. I'm yeah. too stressed out. I don't know what I'm doing. The customer's getting upset. You know, So you've got to have that onboarding process to back up that recruiting. Because you can, you can recruit all day and get the best people. But if you don't, if you don't set them up for success, they're going to leave. And I think that's you know why you see such a incredibly high turnover rate in for service advisors, especially. And if I'm the service manager, you don't want to be over someone's shoulder all the time watching everything they do. But is that the most effective way? Is just to kind of be able to kind of shadow some a newbie and and kind of like well you know correct them afterwards. Oh, you should have done this, or here's what you know we want to do it this way. How how best to kind of as a manager correct those, you know, those wrong steps that the new person might have. Well, I, I think that you're absolutely right. As a service manager, you have to be there on the front line. If you don't have anything written down, then it's working one-on-one -on -one with that new person and then writing them down. Because if I don't have the expectations as an employee, if I don't know what I'm doing and you're with me for a week, two weeks, and I do well, and then you leave me on my all alone on the island, I might forget things. So to have something to re reference back to is, is vital for the success of that new person. But also doing what you're saying is being over their shoulder and, and being that comfort blanket, if you will, yeah. helps. Is, let's uh, switch the retention gears a little bit and talk a little bit about customer retention, which is also something that bedevils uh, dealership <laughs> and has for, for quite a while. What's going on in the, late, you know, in the latest fight to kind of keep those customers coming back after that, that warranty expires? Yeah, that's a huge thing that's going on right now because the manufacturers are paying attention to it more. The dealerships are talking about it more. And same thing in that span with COVID is that when we went through all this with COVID, the customer in the middle of that changed. Whether it was the younger customer were now, were, were now buying vehicles, they, they have different needs, they have different wants. So you have to meet the customer where they're at. That's the biggest thing is you have to meet them where they're at. So if it's technology, then leverage that technology. If it's coming up with prepaid maintenance programs, rolling out the red carpet and picking up their vehicle or doing service in their, in their driveway, then do those things. That's what the customer wants. It's almost that Amazon, right? Buying experience. I want it when I want it. How do I, how do I if I'm a dealership, if I'm a service director, how do I find out? what customers want is as simple as just asking them how best what's, you know, we're going to be get, look at your car. How do, how do you want to be contacted? Should we email you? Should we call you on your landline? Should we text you? Is it, is it as simple as that? In some cases? Yeah. It's how do you want it? Burger King always said it best. We'll do it your way. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mr. Customer, how do you want it? Because you can look at articles and analytics and saying that this demographic wants it this way, this demographic, not everybody's the same, right? Um, I'm, I'm in my mid forties. <clears throat> I like it both ways. I like dealing with somebody one-on-one -on -one and pulling it off the shelf. And I also like the Amazon approach. So I'm a tweener, right? 
mm-hmm. not all people in my age bracket are, are like that. Some of them are just all about technology, right? So you have to really survey your, your customers. And I think that, you know, transparency goes a long way. Um, you know, menu pricing goes a long way to, mm-hmm. again, I think you know, dealerships have, you know, the, the, the knock against them is, you know, they're, they're expensive or, you, you know, you're, you're, you're charging me more or you're upselling me on things. And I think, you know, a ways to get around that would be menu pricing and transparency, but also having, again, having a good service advisor who can tell you, here's why it costs this. Here's why we're better than the independent shop down the street. Yeah. And, and again, customer experience is going to get you more grace than a shiny new drive or a chandelier. Millions of people go to Disney. Why? Oh, well, cause it's the happiest place on earth, right? You've got to make it easy to do business with you. So as if you're a fixed operations manager or a service manager, or even a service advisor, look at the above view and say, is it easy to do business with us? When I call my dealership, how many, how many times does it ring before they answer it? If I drive into the dealership, how long does it take for someone to come out and greet me? Right. People want to be with people they know, love and trust. Right. It's, it's that, it's that old saying that everyone wants to be like Norm from Cheers. They want people to recognize them. Right. Mm-hmm. By doing those little things, they add up to big things. I think like a lot of problems, it's, it's not that difficult. It doesn't seem when you kind of sit back and think about it, but I understand there's also, you know, several customers, all sorts of issues. Maybe a tech didn't come in today. Can't get this part. So there's all sorts of, you know, things that are also, you know, coming at them that are, you know, kind of throwing them off their game, I guess a little bit, but it just seems like, you know, like you said, if you keep it simple, you know, make it a a great experience. It doesn't matter if you got a cappuccino machine in the, in the lounge (laughs) or putting green, if you, you know, but it won't matter if, if you're, if it's a bad experience, if I have to wait too long, if I'm, you know, feel like I'm paying too much, just keep it simple. Yeah. A hundred percent. Keeping, keeping it simple is going to get you again, more, more grace from that customer. But like you said, the advisor has so much stuff on their plate. Technician called out sick. I've written up 20 repair orders already. It's only 11 o'clock, right? It's a mindset. So when I, talk to service advisors when they're in my training class. I'm like, you have the most difficult job in the dealership, period. You've got to treat that one customer that you're in front of, that they're your only priority. Knowing that you've got a million other things going on, you've still got to give them the best of yourself. And that's what the customer deserves. And that's what they want. That's a good place to end this uh, conversation for now, Corey. Thanks a lot uh, for the insight uh, from the service lane and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate you. Corey Smith is National Fixed Ops Training Manager at National Auto Care. He spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Jake Neer in for Kellen Walker. Thanks to Audrey LaForest, Lindsay Van Hulley, and CJ Moore of Automotive News for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on fixed stops, unionization efforts in EV battery plants, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back on Monday to hear part one of my conversation with GM CEO Mary Barra. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.